<laughs> that's one of, one of my favorite moments from um the un- the i almost said the unbearable kimmy schmidt but the unbreakable <laughs> kimmy schmidt the unbearable lightness of kimmy schmidt <laughs> exactly fuck um where kimmy comes home and she's talking to titus and she's like quick titus we got to go to midtown for whatever plot point that we're doing this week on this episode and he's like oh but i already did something today (laughs) and i'm like oh god i i identify with that so hard Hello and welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. That was the first time I've done the real intro without doing a weird fucked up version of it in a long time. It was... It was so professional. It was textbook. You should put that... You should link this episode on your LinkedIn Oh, oh, that's a great idea. I'm so yeah. professional tonight. Uh, uh, synergy. Speaking of, speaking of which, I just posted on our uh, Think Outside the Box Discord, which everyone should join. Ooh. Links in the show notes. Uh, a delightful uh, little um, four-quadrant picture of uh, uh, Garth Brooks. Um, four different pictures of Garth Brooks. One says LinkedIn, and then it's... And then one says Facebook, and then one says Tinder, and then one says MySpace. Uh, you really just have to go there and look at it. It's in the general one. Huh. But the pictures that, accom- that accompany each social networking uh, site are perfect. Oh, interesting. And Chris Gaines makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. I'll let you guess for which one. <laughs> I like that. I'll have to check that out. On the Discord, check the link in the show notes. Garth Brooks, of course, being the subject of our season one. Mm-hmm. Our highest. But now we're talking heights. about Eminem. Yes. We listened to the Marshall Mathers LP, and uh, basically he's just complaining about how famous he is. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of it. Now, Cameron, 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 don't sell him short. He's got a lot more themes he addresses. Like, for instance, he's virulently and violently homophobic and bigoted and uh, incredibly misogynist too. Come on, don't don't say he's just like a one note you know character yeah, or whatever he's, he's he's definitely um gotten more homophobic and more misogynist in his persona uh if not also in his life yeah i don't know by the impact of what he's saying it feels pretty real to him it doesn't feel like he's doing a character to me at least yeah it's hard to say so one of the main themes of this album is a response his response to the backlash against the Slim Shady LP. Right. Uh, so he got a bunch of, you know, busybodies upset that he's uh, inspiring inspiring bad behavior and violence in in the youths of, uh, of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess people were also blaming him for Columbine. Oh, I don't remember that part. I lived well, through this time. He raps about and... it a bunch. But it wasn't, wait, was Columbine 99 or 97? Uh, I don't remember. I think it, I thought it was ninety nine. Maybe it was ninety nine. Maybe Thurston was ninety seven. My so, uh, my cousin was almost in the Thurston shooting, actually. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he ninety nine was uh, Columbine. Yeah. Basically, he's resentful of people blaming him for that, and he's like, "Can't you see? This is just entertainment. This, like, you can't blame me. Like, look at all these double standards." And obviously, there's some truth in it. But he's also like, yeah, the misogyny and the, and the, <laughs> the homophobia stuff is like, I don't know. It's funny how like, uh, how, I, I don't know, like how, how I can sort of pick and choose. You know, I, I've gone through phases of, of being like media is responsible for the way that people act and media isn't. Um, and I've, I felt things like video games aren't responsible for violence mm-hmm. in people. But then I've also gone to the army website and looked at all of the videos of um, like the recruitment videos. And it's just like a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds saying, yeah, it's really fun being in the army. I get to shoot a lot of guns and use a lot of machines that I use in my favorite video games. Like, I mean, plus the army like sponsors a lot of video games and like, yeah, 
they they finance a lot of Top Gun, the movie. Um, right. They they have their they they do their part to influence culture um, to support yeah. our imperialism and warmongering. Yeah. So yeah, like, I I don't know. I've, I've I felt on both sides of it, but like the misogyny and the, <laughs> and the homophobia, just to me feels so uh, so toxic in whatever form that it's like yeah I people. <laughs> People, at least on some level, know that violence is bad. Um, well, <laughs> on some, some people. A lot of people do. But, like, at that time, people weren't especially woke to the idea that misogyny and homophobia is bad. To the extent that I would like to think that they are now. Yeah. At least in the public discourse. Um, so, like, I thought it... <sighs> Yeah, like being being a an edgelord about that kind of thing, I feel like is like a lot more harmful back then when it's like, well, yeah, we are homophobic and misogynist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The the take So it's punching down. Yeah, it's very much punching down. Yeah, the 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 thing I keep coming back to is like the the thesis of like the tipper gores of the world and all the people who say that video games cause school shooting school shootings um plural uh they they seem to believe that um that culture on its own will 100 percent change people and i don't think it's at all that simple i think it, culture like this album ref, both reflects and can amplify um parts of society so <clears throat> it reflects a much more homophobic time but i think it also probably amplifies it a lot as well yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. We've seen what's happened in the last couple years, like, since Trump got elected. And there there are wide swaths of um, sub-subcultures that now feel uh, uh, like it's... They feel affirmed in their ideas. Right. And they feel like they can at least be louder about it, you know, and uh, and do more about it. And some people... You know, like Will Smith is saying, like, you know, it's not more racist now. It's just racism's just being filmed. It's like more, it's just more visible. And I think there's some truth to that, but I, I think also so. think that it's more racist. <laughs> I also think that's true. <laughs> I mean, there are tons of people that have literally been committing yeah. hate crimes while shouting Trump's yeah. name. So it's like, I mean, I, 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 I think the main point Will Smith and other people like him are trying to make is don't like uh don't gild the past you know with like this is oh, yeah. who we are this isn't who america is you know and i totally agree with that idea oh totally um, in fact so. um quick plug for something totally unrelated to us and we probably shouldn't be plugging but uh, everyone should check out the uh, scene on radio podcast uh ah, yes today as of recording they released their first episode talking about uh democracy in it was, america it was yesterday yesterday that's what you gotta i gotta catch mean. up i did catch up i listened to it today and it's very good it it start it delves into essentially whose revolution was the american revolution and why did it start and yes. uh, spoiler alert it was a revolution by the ruling class and um it also talks about how um there were slaves that were promised freedom to fight for the British. And so they took yeah, that we've opportunity. Talked about that a little bit before, cause that was in one of the lost verses of, uh, the star spangled banner. Talking oh, about the hireling and slave. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It also uh, talks a little bit about the much more democratic and, uh, equal societies of indigenous people that were, uh, genocided when the white people showed up. Yeah, uh, a really interesting look at Cherokee culture and not idealizing it, but saying objectively, these people were a lot more free. Yeah, than we are now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Than we were then. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, I think Chenjerai Kumanika literally says that he's like, yeah, they're they're a lot more free and equal than we are even up to this day. Oh, he's so, so great. Everybody check that out. Yeah, he's he's very good. Also, John Bewin's great. I want to be him when I grow up. <laughs> he's very good at, um, well, A, acknowledging his own ignorance and um, lack of uh, experience. But also, B, sometimes it seems like he's kind of playing the dummy uh, yes. in the place of, like, the listener of, like, oh, so what does that mean? And, like, you know, 
it's a good interview technique and it's a good way to like help dr- uh, draw out the subject matter and have someone explain it further. Yeah. I've noticed that um, something that really bothers me <laughs> in a lot of podcasts and radio shows that are similar to seen on radio, like mm-hmm. your radio labs, for instance, is they'll do this thing where they'll have an interview and then right <laughs> before the, uh, the guest uh, says something like really profound, the they'll cut to the the host of the show monologuing and then they say the profound thing yep (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like so what my guest is about to say is that and then they'll say it and then they'll let the guest sort of like follow up on it um and it's like it's kind of gross it's (laughs) so self-aggrandizing it's like oh look at how smart and cultured and woke i am yeah whereas john beeman is like not afraid to uh play dumb i guess very literally play dumb (laughs) Yeah, he kind of reminds me of um, what's his name, the guy who plays the Hobbit and plays uh, Martin Watson. Freeman. Yeah, thank you. It kind of reminds me of Martin Freeman's character in uh, Black Panther. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who? Ultimately, he's like the platonic ideal of like a white ally, which is he's gonna probably fuck up a bunch and not get everything but he's very actually willing to listen and when the time has come for him to like act then he will you know right yeah totally anyway right, well, shout out to scene on radio yeah everyone check it out uh we'll probably drop a link in the show notes uh yeah, for their new season there. oh cool wow that was fast uh so i guess we should get back to marshall mathers lp uh i would like to take this moment to uh just give a trigger warning for uh incredibly toxic homophobia um i understand if people do not want to have to experience that um because there's a lot of it on this album uh also uh misogyny and uh violence towards women yeah and Um, it feels it feels more um what's the word it feels more vicious than icp i think it's i think there's something more potent about his homophobia and his misogyny because Eminem actually feels angrier than ICP. Definitely. Totally. Uh, He's angry at ICP on this album, yeah. actually. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's angrier and he's also better at at art. And rhetoric, too. And rhetoric. And so it's, yeah, like the the hateful things in here are more potent because of that. Exactly. So it's kind of a bummer. It's definitely a bummer. Yeah. So consider yourself warned people. Sorry that this is turning out this way. Well, he's got a long career and I do think there, I don't know, maybe there isn't, but I do think there is some kind of arc that's going to happen. But I was reading something today in one of the genius annotations that says that he didn't start to go clean off of uh, drugs and alcohol until he, until 2008. Okay. So we might have like a little bit, if there's any relationship between that, I suspect Mm. there might be a, I mean, it certainly doesn't help. I imagine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I doubt that it uh, is a positive influence on his life. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he just like doubles down on his hate and stuff. Like when he doesn't have his like chemical, like, like things to, you know, I don't know. His we'll coping see. mechanisms. Yeah. Yeah. We'll mm. see. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start getting into it, shall we? Yeah. Um, the first track is just like the last album. It is a uh, sort of fake public service announcement, but this time it's real twisted. <laughs> this is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Slim Shady. Slim Shady does not give a fuck what you think. If you don't like it, you can suck his fucking cock. Little did you know, upon purchasing this album, you have just kissed his ass. Slim Shady is fed up with your shit, and he's going to kill you. <laughs> Slim Shady is fed up with your shit, and he's going to kill you. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of... So for all the edgelord shit that's like pretty tiresome in this, I part of me kind of appreciates <laughs> that like his first song on this record is kill you Uh and uh it's all about how he's going to kill you like the listener (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah and how and, you've purchased this album which is i guess metaphorically uh literally kissing his ass <laughs> yeah uh so like he's the the escalation of it um is very clearly ironic in a way that i can kind of appreciate even though there are some hateful things that get mixed in with it but i think it's funny that in this public service announcement especially after listening to the last one he's like yeah he's going to kill you like your worst <laughs> fears are going to be realized <laughs> panic yeah. panic media uh, yep exactly <laughs> so that's funny um uh yeah oh yeah the, i had to cut it off for the sound sample but at the very end he does the same thing where he's like he seems to be fed lines by slim shady and he says like uh, uh anything else and Eminem says, yeah, sue me. Uh, Eminem, no stranger to being sued. Not at all. <laughs> By his own mother, no less. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Eminem killing you, do you, you want to kill you? Yes. Eminem says about this song, the whole idea of this song was to say some of the most fucked up shit, just to let people know that I'm back, that I didn't lose it, that I wasn't compromising nothing, and I didn't change. If anything, I got worse. <laughs> yeah, and that's something to be proud of, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can be proud of saying the word slut like 150 times in one song. Yes. Most of the song is about uh, is about violence against women or um, like patriarchy, you know, like questioning the masculinity of, of, of other rappers. Yes. Uh, also yeah. um, trying to put down his own mother. Yeah. I mean, it and- sounds like she did some fucked up shit and was like, seems psychologically abusive but yeah it's um he responds by lashing out at her which is understandable definitely for a victim of abuse um but that doesn't necessarily mean it is good art or good music right uh once again i want to point out um kendrick lamar and especially his album's to pimp a butterfly and damn oh kendrick uh he's the he's the rapper that's almost as good as macklemore right yes <laughs> runner up yeah runner up to macklemore <laughs> according to the grammys yep yeah 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 so both of those albums are a response to the reactions to his previous albums um and he has huge chips on his shoulder for both of them Mm-hmm. And they're both incredible albums, and they're all about him dealing with his the weight of responsibility as being like a black icon and um, being such an important artist and and a rapper in like the like being actually famous and like being on Taylor Swift songs and stuff, you know, right. <laughs> and like uh, like filling filling all these roles in society and um it's but it's good and he engages with misogynist ideas and and homophobia and like all of this stuff and in a way that's like yeah this is part of me but he does it in a way that's art it's it's so weird like he does so many of the same things that Eminem does like he uses voices he uses all of the same pejorative language as far mm-hmm. as i can tell um but it's just so clearly it's so clearly art that can be separated from him mm-hmm. and Eminem just has no plausible deniability. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just so clearly like, uh, he's just unaware, uh, not self-aware mm-hmm. and that makes it its way into the art and that makes the art not as good. Yes. Agreed. He, he, <sighs> Hmm he makes kind of gestures towards being self-aware. I mean, a lot of this uh, song is about his newfound fame and uh, his persona. Um, 
the ver- the verse sa- starts with they said I can't rap about being broke no more. They say I can't rap about coke no more. Um, and then at a certain point, uh, he says, "Put your hands down, bitch! I ain't gonna shoot you. I'm gonna pull you up to this bullet and put it through you." Shut up, slut! You're causing shut up, slut! You're causing too much chaos. Just bend over and take it like a slut, okay, ma? And then he does a voice of someone else, and it's in quotes on the genius. Oh, now he's raping his own mother, abusing a horse, snorting coke, and we gave him the Rolling Stone cover. And Eminem responds, "You're goddamn right, bitch. And now it's too late. I'm triple platinum, and tragedies happen in two states." Uh, and he gets into some irony with, "I invented violence, you vile, venomous, volatile bitches." So he, yeah. He seems to be kind of gesturing towards self-awareness and pointing out the that it's just a persona, but it do, he doesn't really do anything with it. It doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. Just, I don't know the the rhetorical like I I am the avatar of violence and your worst fears is like once again Kendrick Lamar like if you listen to the the song. Um, What's it called? DNA. Uh, let me read you some some of these lyrics. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of the song DNA, uh, it's uh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, Wolf. Is it Wolf Blitzer? Yeah, that's that, the name of somebody. Yeah. It's a, is that a some sort of pundit? Yes. Yeah, I think it, I think it's Wolf Blitzer saying. Uh, Ma- uh, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar has mm. done more harm. Uh, oh, to yeah. black youth than racism has in recent years. I thought um, that was Geraldo. Or he that says said rap that. has done rap. You thought it was who? I thought it was Geraldo that said that. Oh shit! It was Geraldo. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I can't tell he, if it's worse coming from a white person or a like another person of color. Right. Well, <laughs> so um, the chorus of this is: I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA cocaine quarter piece got war and peace inside my dna i got power poison pain and joy inside my dna i got hustle though ambition flow inside my dna um uh let's see there's some more one second i'm just looking through these he's he's just talking about being like um yeah, the abs- the absolute like avatar of sort of like violence and chaos a lot of the time, um, hand in hand with being successful um, and being goat. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's. I feel like Eminem when he's trying to. Uh, when he has a chip on his shoulder and he's rapping about it, I feel like it's, it gets in the way of his actual art. And Kendrick Lamar like is able to do art about his baggage, right? Yeah, uh, but like we still haven't gotten the consistent quality from Eminem's first album. That's right. Yeah, I still think it's his best one so far. Yeah. Um, and just to to close the loop on this song. He ends it by saying, ha, 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 I'm just playing, ladies. You know I love you. So he basically f- pulls the, like, completely juvenile, like, it was just a joke, bro. Yeah. Mm. My son literally does this. <laughs> and my son is five. Yeah. So that's about yeah. the maturity level. Yep. Okay. Let's. Uh, you want to go on to the next one? Yes. This is probably my favorite song. This is definitely the most interesting on the album, I think. It's called Stan. You may have heard of it. Full of your posters and your pictures, man. I like the shit you did with rockets too. That shit was fat. Anyways, I hope you get this, man. Hit me back, just a chat. Truly yours, your biggest fan. This is Stan. So, is this song the origin of the word and the phrase to stand something i i believe so yeah yeah which is to say like to be a super fan of something or to kind of base part of your identity on it right uh to and sometimes it means toxic fandom specifically yes or almost like compulsive fandom or like fandom you can't help it's like yeah i know that blank is problematic but i still stand it yes which uh, is pretty appropriate given uh, that it came from Eminem. Yes. 
All right. Uh, do you want to synopsize this song real quick? Yeah. So this is an epistolary song. Each I believe verse it's epistolatory. A- oh, excuse me. <laughs> yes. It's an epistolatory song. Are you serious? I can't tell if you're... <laughs> this oh, is the shit. kind of thing you would fuck with me about. <laughs> epistolatory assistism. <laughs> Epistolary is the word. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, I think so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Epistolatisipism. Uh, all right. So each verse is a letter from... Most of them are from Stan to Eminem. Mm-hmm. And the last one is from Eminem to Stan. I believe there are... What are there? Four verses? Um, if you if you count Eminem's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Stan is writing these uh, confessional letters. Stan is writing these letters to... Uh, confessional letters to Eminem about how much he relates to him. Um, you know, sort of growing up poor and having a lot of... Uh, neglectful experiences as a kid and um, uh, having a pregnant girlfriend and things like that. And he's getting angrier and angrier and more unstable as the letters. Um, the, the second letter gets like pretty accusatory and like Eminem hasn't written him back. And then in the third verse, it's actually a tape recording um, while he's driving a car with his girlfriend um, in the trunk, uh, like off a bridge. Yeah, I think that's specifically in reference to uh, Bonnie and Clyde 97 from the last album, because uh, yeah. he also names his daughter Bonnie. Right. And in that song, Eminem talks about having his girlfriend in the trunk of his car and throwing yes. her in a lake or something or a river. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what I wanted from Eminem and this is exactly what the last song was lacking. It's Eminem engaging with his baggage and engaging with his fame in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, it's, there's a lot about like, I mean, this is, this is toxic fan culture, you know, 20 years ago. Yes. This is fans feeling like they have uh, ownership of someone or something. In this case, it's a someone. Yeah. Um, and they get mad and butt hurt when it doesn't do the things that they want. And uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> in my own small, weird way, I have like a little bit of a taste of this um, because I host this podcast get up in the cool uh oh, what's that podcast about cameron uh it's about old-time music like old-time appalachian fiddle and banjo music and it features a lot of music on the show um, about half the show is music and it's me and a guest playing traditional music together usually appalachian stuff. that sounds great i feel like listeners should give that a, a, a check out i agree i think it's very accessible even though it's so inside baseball <laughs> best of both worlds mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I have a very, very narrow but very intense uh, community of people who listen to and support the show, Um, and uh, there isn't a whole lot of separation in the old-time community between uh, celebrity and fan, just because they're can't really afford to be because it's so small, and you know, it's like we, if we go on tour, we have to most of us have to stay in houses. We can't like afford Airbnbs and stuff like that. We're not making that kind of money, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that kind of stuff is really cool, but there's also some like problematic boundary stuff. And I've also gotten my share of like weird comments and Cameron, uh, are you trying to talk about the time you'd stayed at my house when you're on tour? It's okay. You can just, you can just say it. You don't have to dress it up with a fig leaf or anything. Um, I I've re- I recently had like one person who just like he writes me somewhat frequently um and he's like he like started off just like asking me personal questions about like pictures of my son um Uh-oh. that were on social media asking me where I lived Uh-oh. he started talking about how how uh good looking my body was Uh-oh <laughs> Abort, you know, abort. And, <laughs> 
Yeah, like I've gotten, I, I never responded to him, but I've like, uh, I've gotten a fair amount of like that kind of thing from people because when you're, when, when your voice is in someone's ears regularly, mm-hmm. um, they feel like they know you. Yes. And the, these people do know a part of me. I, I'm very honest on the show. I mean, I'm definitely like, a curated parts of myself. I don't act like I do on this show. <laughs> right. You know, but, um, you're less dumb on that show. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, it, 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 there's this sort of like, um, perceived tacit invitation to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that what's happening is a dialogue. Right. And I, I do feel for Eminem. Uh, I feel like, even though he is like very inflammatory and he probably attracts a lot of, he's probably willfully attracting a lot of like outcasts, you know? Yeah. Um, Like just like ICP does like, but it is clear that like he should be left alone, you know? (laughs) And like, yeah, I do feel for him when he's in these songs, which we'll talk about later. He's complaining about being hassled when he has to like, uh, take a shit in a public bathroom and stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. like, uh, he's, it's super stressful. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I think that, I think this song's the most interesting version of that on this album. Yes. Um, and in the, in the fourth verse, uh, he's like a really, he plays the part of a very reasonable, but believable guy. He responds in a letter to one of his fans, follows up on every point that Stan makes. Um, mm-hmm. and, Gives him an autograph. Says, yeah, gives him an autograph, says some of the shit you're saying is kind of fucked up, and I think you need some counseling yeah. um, uh, in a way that's ultimately caring, if a little abrasive. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then at the end of the letter, he realizes, uh, oh, you were the one who I heard about that uh, drove off the bridge. Right. Yeah, and he he also like explicitly points out the persona that he's putting on he says i'm sorry i didn't see you at the show i must have missed you don't think i did that shit intentionally just to diss you but what's this shit you said about you like to cut your wrist too i say that shit just clowning dog come on how fucked up is you you got some issues stan i think you need some counseling yeah so yeah like you said kind of abrasive but also yeah yeah but he's speaking like a common language that you know i think he doesn't necessarily have to sugarcoat it for Stan. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I just think that the story is pretty interesting and it's really well told. Yeah. Um, for the most part. And the flow I think is awesome. Like it's really hard to have like a narrative, <laughs> a narrative song, um, especially in hip hop. Uh, and, to have it be musically interesting in its lyrical delivery. Yeah. And it's really catchy. Totally. A yeah. part of that is um, the song by Dido that it samples. Uh, do you remember yes. what, the, what, is that, what was that called? Uh, Thank You by Dido. Uh, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah, it, it I remember became, hearing that, seeing that song on MTV. Yeah, it became its own hit, basically 100% because of this song interesting i think she was completely obscure i mean that's the narrative i remember from around the time so maybe that's not actually true um maybe it's just in the in uh whatever version of pop culture that filtered down to me that's the story that came through is like she was totally obscure and he just kind of like made her career by featuring her on this song um Mm. but yeah it, it became a hit i think after after this song came out I remember it being a, a, a fairly good song. I remember not liking the uh, chorus quite as much. It does like a fairly awkward modulation to major key in the chorus, kind of like um, We Three Kings of Orient are. <laughs> Probably less awkward than that song. I fucking hate that song. <laughs> it, it's like, oh, star of... It's just like so fucking contrived and dumb. Yeah, dude, drag it. <laughs> hate that song. Uh, I kind of like that song. <laughs> it can that be done all, that well. That was always my favorite one. What? I I like the uh, the Sufjan version where they like double the length of the O's and they're like, oh, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like wailing. <laughs> I do appreciate that. They like really lean into it. <laughs> yeah. They own it. <laughs> well, I got about half an hour and we've talked about three tracks. Yeah. So 10 minutes um, per song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. There's another skit called Paul. It's essentially the same as one of the skits from last time where his lawyer calls him up. We, we can, I mean, we can, I think the entire thing can yeah, be played play on the show. Yeah. Um, what's going on? It's Paul. Um, Dre gave me a copy of the new album and I just, <sighs> fuck it. <laughs> I'm pretty charmed by that. <laughs> that is actually pretty funny. Yeah. I thought the last one was pretty well, well put together too. I like that. He just like totally gives up. He's like, I'm not even going to try to reason with you. I'm yeah. not even going to try to like. <laughs> set aside reason and just try to brute force it i just i can't even engage with you (laughs) i like that uh so that's that entire skit and the next song is called who knew on the gay clubs, men wear makeup, get away, wake up, get a sense of humor. We're trying to sense the music. This is for your kids' music. But don't blame me when little Eric jumps off of the terrace. You should have been watching him. Apparently, you ain't parents. I never knew why, knew I would get this big. I never knew why, knew I'd affect this kid. I never knew why, get him to slit his wrist. I never knew why, get him to hit this bitch. I never knew why, knew I would get this So in this song, Eminem abdicates all responsibility for the messages he is sending yeah, out. This is the plausible deniability the song mm-hmm exactly yeah. uh, I especially like the um, the little thing he does there the neat little rhetorical trick of saying like it's the fault of the parents right yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I think like one of the damning things is I don't think he ever really really condemns any of the any of the things that are happening right he's just like that ain't my fault like (laughs) ultimately he just seems like he doesn't really care yeah he says fuck that take drugs rape sluts make fun of gay clubs men who wear makeup get aware wake up get a sense of humor quit trying to censor music this is for your kids amusement the kids but don't blame me when when little eric jumps off of the terrace you should have been watching him apparently you ain't parents so yeah he advocates responsibility and also does not seem to care about any of those things he doesn't even express any empathy (laughs) i kind of appreciate the lyric i don't do black music i don't do white music i make fight music for high school kids (laughs) (laughs) i kind of like that i feel like that's pretty self-aware um yep yeah that like who he's appealing to is a very like he's 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 pulling from a, a certain part of his id um, yeah, that is for a specific kind of person. Um, the part of him that's still in high school. Yeah. And obviously he is doing white music. I, I mean, sorry, black music. Um, and, and there is an element to his music, especially his lyrics that is fundamentally white. Um, right. But, uh, but I kind of, I still appreciate the, the kind of point he's making in one of the songs later on. I mean, I guess we'll get to it, but, somebody describes him as the great white hope. It might be Snoop. I don't know if it's Eminem, but that is a pretty problematic reference to make. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In case we don't get to it, the great white hope is um, a phrase that was used in the thirties because all the like commentators and pundits of the time were just desperately hoping for a white man to be able to beat, uh, do you remember which boxer it was? I was just reading this on the Genius Annotations. Um, it was not the Joe 30s? Lewis. It was the twenties or thirties. Um, I don't. I don't remember the the details. Um, I guess I can look it up real quick. It's on the Genius Annotations for "Bitch Please." Two. The boxer was Jack Johnson. He'll make you banana pancakes. Make a banana pancakes. <laughs> 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 Beat you to it. Thank God for uh. Skype lag. Um, he's the first black heavyweight champion and, uh, the newspaper commentators and popular and, media and he, figures of the would time box in flip flops. <laughs> yes. While hacky sacking. It was really yeah. impressive. Yeah. And singing songs that had like not only the absence of any harmonic tension, but the, the opposite of harmonic tension, <laughs> whatever that may be. Uh, yeah. So Snoop describes him as the great white hope. Uh, which is a phrase 
uh, used about, they were just desperately hoping that a, a white boxer would be able to take down Jack Johnson. Um, great job, they, Snoop. Yeah, great job, Snoop. <laughs> you did Good it. reference. <laughs> All right, uh, next song. That's kind of the problem of having a, a genre where you have to say so many things. <laughs> <laughs> you might end up saying something you may regret or maybe problematic. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like podcasting. <laughs> uh, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you I don't know what you mean, Cameron. I've never said anything that I regret ever uh-huh. or that has been problematic in any way or has uh, been a learning opportunity. I've been meaning to try to say dumb and stupid less because like I've been recently called out on using ableist language and uh, you know, it's just like baby steps a little bit at a time have to totally rework my vocabulary and the way I think about things. So I apologize. <laughs> Thank you for having patience with me, everyone. Yep. Is, are those not okay to say? I mean, uh, like technically no. And I think soon maybe more widely. No, I see. Huh? I feel like yeah. we, we had a similar conversation where I was expressing some sort of anxiety about using the word crazy. Yes. And, I've uh, been trying to get that one out of my vocabulary. Yeah. Well, at the time we had the conversation, you were defending it and saying, <laughs> I don't know, whatever it doesn't, this is definitely a sidetrack. Um, Steve Berman is the next track. Um, could you come in here and have a seat, please? Um, yeah. Vanessa, shut the door. Okay. So what's up? How's orders looking for the first week? It would be better if you gave me nothing at all. This album is less than nothing. I can't sell this fucking record. Do you know what's happening to me out there? What's the problem? Violet Brown told me to go fuck myself. Who's Violet? Tower Records told me to shove this record up my ass. (laughs) I actually kind of like the skits on this album. And that's, that's odd for me because I almost always hate and skip all the skits on like any hip hop album. Yeah. Um, uh, the ones on Good Kid, Mad City are so great. They're basically just Boondocks skits. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dog! <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is uh Steve Berman, who is the president of sales and marketing at Interscope Records. Um, and he gets on Eminem's case for not making commercially successful music. Which is funny, considering how commercially successful Eminem is. Um, and the specific criticism is yeah, that is Eminem is not as materialistic as he should be. The the key because he's rapping about <laughs> homosexuals yeah. and Vicodin instead of uh, big screen big screen TVs, blunts, forties, and bitches like Dre. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> that's kind of funny i don't know if it's insightful i don't know yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on there <laughs> yeah so that's a skit uh you want to talk about the way i am yep i don't mean to be me but that's all i can be it's just me and i am whatever you say i am if i wasn't then why would i say i am in the paper the news every day i am radio won't even play my jam because i am whatever you say I am. every time i hear this chorus in this song it takes me back to i i think i've been vulnerable about this before how the first uh hip-hop artist i really listened to was uh sage francis and uh-huh. uh <laughs> in retrospect not great but everybody's gotta start somewhere you know um and i remember he has this one line for me song one of his songs where he's like um after midnight i start trembling if you feed me hip-hop because i'm a g to the r-e-m-l-i-n if i wasn't then why would i say i am Uh uh-huh and i think it's a uh it's a reference to eminem's chorus in this song which, which itself may be a reference to another uh, song. Hip hop has this really interesting thing where they like, I mean, sort of like meme culture or almost anything, I guess, um, where there's like these stock phrases or uh, like almost little melodic phrases that get reused. Um, like I'm still not quite certain of the origin of yes, y'all. Um, 
and that's used in countless hip hop songs. Yes. I can't even count that high. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like hypothetically, uh, it would be impossible to have a directory of every hip hop song that says, yes, yes, y'all in it. Yeah, exactly. At least for me, (laughs) I can't count that high. I don't know about Stephen Hawking or any of these geniuses over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, was the was this song? Uh, so a lot of this song is about being harassed by fans. Uh, a lot of this song is about not liking other pop music, like In Sync and uh, mostly In Sync. Maybe does Britney make an appearance on this specific song? She's all over this album. I don't know about this one though. Yeah. Uh, She's not. I just did a search. So this is probably the most contrived um, phrase phrasing of any of his of any of his songs. Oh, I don't know about that. One well, of them. He's he's singing uh, directly with the beat um, with the same phrasing, and sometimes it forces him into some. Like, play the sample that says motherfucking thing with ing of motherfucking uh, in caps. Like, there's a lot of that kind of great. moment. <laughs> yes. Oh, is this... I was, I was trying to think... Maybe this is the most contrived one. I thought there was one later on that was more That's contrived. Maybe it's, saying, maybe it's this one. Maybe it's this one. Maybe you're right. Sorry. Yeah, and there's just like a lot of filling. Like the the next sound sample I took uh, is just him taking uh, too many too many seconds to uh, say that he's giving someone the bird. Oh, cool! Flipping it, that is. He just which one? keeps going on and on. Yeah, I feel like that's we because it, he's like over committed to this uh, this this phrasing, which gets really monotonous. It does. I mean, I got it at the point where the media points a finger at me, so I point one back at him. Yeah, I get it. I get it, M. Oh, yeah, but then he not says, bad. not the index or pinky. Oh, okay. I wonder which one it is then. Or the ring or the thumb. Hmm. What does it's, that leave? It's it's the ring. I'm doing the like seven-year-old flip off, <laughs> but I'm too like prudish to actually flip you off. It's, it's that hard one. to do that. It's hard to do that. <laughs> it is hard to do that. It's the tendons a lot harder. Yeah. The fucking tendons and shit. Yep. Um, uh, I have nothing else to say about this song. It's me either. One of the most musically frustrating ones. Yes. It's, I mean, it's kind of ICP in the way that yes. it monotonously just like stomps along to the beat. All right. Uh, now we come to the, I think the biggest hit off of this album, the yeah, real. Uh, probably mm-hmm. biggest hit ever. Maybe. I mean, it depends. Well, let's look at Spotify. It's not the highest on Spotify. There are several others on Spotify that are, have more listens than this one. Hmm. But this one maybe sold better back in the day when people actually bought uh, albums and singles. When music was sold. Yes. <laughs> what a weird nostalgia. Um, this is called The Real Slim Shady. Cannibals who cut other people open like cantaloupe. But if we can hunt dead animals and antelopes, then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope. But if you feel like uh, I feel, I got the antidote. Yes. When you wave your pantyhose, sing the chorus, and it goes. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just... This beat is really catchy. It's great. It's like... What is that like? Kind of a synth, like um, harpsichord. Like harpsichord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a synth flute at the end. It sounds a lot like old Dr. Dre stuff, mm-hmm. appropriately, because it's produced by him. Mm-hmm. And it has that like minor key kind of like faux baroque or classical sound that I feel like a lot of rap had at that time. Yeah, totally. Um, that I I feel like is the the aural equivalent of thug life being spelled in like that, um, uh, the old English writing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, look at that. There's a Polish translation of this song on the Genius. Yeah, I did notice that. Well, let me uh, let me see how much of my Polish orthography I can pull out. Wait, this is just the English version. <laughs> but it has a... <laughs> Fuck, this is so stupid. Sorry, this is uh, misguided. Um, it just has a, a, a Polish translation of the title, but all the lyrics, it's just the English lyrics. Uh, so this is called The Real Slim Shady, also Polskie Tłumaczenie. Well, I got to go in like 15 minutes to okay. teach a banjo lesson. So uh, I feel like people know this song yes pretty well is there anything new that we have to say about the song i mean it's problematic it's it's homophobic um it talks about tom green which was a real throwback yes lol someone on um the genius says 2016 anyone i was like hmm i don't know why 2016 i that's very odd i don't get it yeah huh he does kind of, he gets defensive. Like in verse three, he says, I'm like a head trip to listen to because I'm only giving you things you joke about with your friends inside your living room. The only difference is I got the balls to say it in front of y'all and don't got to be false or sugarcoated at all. He's saying locker room talk, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, let's move on. I, I enjoy the general feeling of silliness in this song. Um you have and, a sound sample from this song. You say, "Well, you are you basically played it already." Oh, is it? You it's said the, it's the one about um, Tom Green humping a dead moose, which I guess is a thing that happened, and how um, gay people should be allowed to marry if we can do that. Well, I don't. It doesn't. I don't think he's coming out in favor of that. He's he's no, trying he's, to. He, he's using it. It's like he's saying it rhetorically, like ironically. Uh, he's attempting social commentary, I think. Yeah. He says, but, but if we can hump dead animals and antelopes and there's no re then, oh, I get it. But I mean, the overall point he's making is if we're, this is definitely not my viewpoint and yeah. don't cut this audio out of context. Um, <laughs> the point he seems to be making is if we as a society are depraved in this way, we should be able to be depraved in this way, i.e., let gay people get married right but if we can hump dead animals and antelopes then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope uh wait way to rhyme elope with antelope yeah and cantaloupe i that's, love uh, that's, some of your uh, best work eminem it's so difficult <laughs> legendary difficulty Be because society's problem is not with uh gay marriage but it's with hasty gay marriage because we're concerned about, you know, them making uh, good decisions. We just, we want the community to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have the parents and the families and everything. Don't just go elope. And Eminem's here saying, it's not your business. Gay men should elope if they want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I don't think we should talk about Remember Me. Yeah, let's skip it. Uh, it's got some guest rappers on it. Um uh we could talk about i'm back quickly because he t if you we could just say that he he apparently there's a rumor that he was having sex with christina aguilera or romantically involved and he says that's not true um obviously the person that i would be interested in would be jennifer lopez and then he uh talks about her in a pretty crass way <laughs> No, what? That's very so surprising. Don't, you don't have to play that sound sample. <laughs> Maybe I actually specifically don't want you to play it. Okay, I won't. Um, but yeah, it's a little icky. Um, a, a little icky, yeah. Maybe, maybe we could talk about Marshall Mathers, the song. Yeah. Okay. And then reference the skit that comes after it. One okay. of the skits that you like so much. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. And I don't need help from D12 to beat up two females and make up who may try to scratch me with lean nails. Slim anus, you damn right slim anus. I don't get fucked in mind like you two little flaming faggots. I'm just I really don't like this singing. No, I don't at all. Um, Especially after he's calling out like fucking Justin Timberlake. You know, it's just like 
fuck you, Eminem. You can't sing. Yeah, he says the NSYNC guys can't sing at all. It's like, well, yeah, sure, Why Eminem. Are you singing. Like, yeah, you show us how good you sing, huh? Um, so just a quick peek behind the curtain. Um, generally, when I take a sound sample for this show, I try to catch the end of the first chorus and the you know the first half of the first or sorry the first the the end of the first verse and then whatever amount of the first chorus I can get. And it for this sound sample, I did not do that. I was desperately searching around in the song for something that was not incredibly homophobic. And I came up with something, the sound sample that is slightly less homophobic than the usual <laughs> position that I take sound samples from. Because this yeah. is an incredibly homophobic song. Yeah, and a lot of this, a lot of this song is about. I mean, he's basically calling out any, <laughs> like any male people in the music industry, uh, new kids on the block, in sync, ICP, um, and saying uh, that they're gay and therefore uh, worthless. So yes, exactly. Um, yeah. to- he calls Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J. Uh, trigger warning <laughs> he calls mm-hmm. them faggy two dope and silent gay yes so um he also refers he says there are two females in makeup um he does refer to they called him slim anus uh yes. which i think we talked about way back in season yes. two um and he, he fucking started this feud because he yeah. said that they would play at his like uh ep release show or something that they might and they confronted him about it, and he said, I said, maybe. Like, maybe you would. And then I was going to ask you. Which yeah. is shitty. He was it's being shitty. like a punk, but then he's like, you know, now that he's more famous than them, he's like punching down, and it's not a great look. Exactly, yeah. Cool. Cool moves, Eminem. It's probably doing them a favor by giving them a shout-out. Yeah, and then maybe. The whole the whole next skit is just... Um, Remember that gay orgy thing that I told you that I heard when I was a kid uh, on one of these albums? I don't remember that. I, I said that, like, I remember that there was a skit where there was some sort of gay orgy. And oh, this next skit that. is it, and it's supposed to be Shaggy 2 Dope and Violent J with this uh, fictional character, pedophile Ken Caniff, who shows up in a bunch of the skits. So, Are you and, setting up uh, the sound sample, or can we please just skip it? No, we're going to skip it. I'm just Good. saying, okay. like, I'm tying together that thread. We should, absolutely should not listen to it. It's so. very bad and very hateful. Uh, yeah. It's it's hateful in so many ways, specifically towards ICP and also just generally towards uh, all gay people. Yeah, and I, I also, I also want to point out, um, I think one of the things that has rhetorically lost potency is the idea of... <laughs> Okay, so in this skit of the things that happen, the fictional character Ken Caniff is, you know, he's having sex with the ICP boys, and he says, um, you know, say my name, and they say Eminem, and then he gets offended because they're thinking about Eminem while they're having sex with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of other moments on this album where Eminem says, you're gay, suck my dick. Um, And it... (laughs) It reminds me a little bit of uh, the South Park episode, which is a problematic show for a lot of reasons because they're like committed to being edgelords. But like Cartman is so, so committed to homophobic bullying. Uh, (laughs) But like there's this he takes a picture of um, of himself with Butter's penis in his mouth while he's asleep Um, and he's to embarrass butters by saying he's gay because he has his dick in my mouth. <laughs> but then, <laughs> he doesn't realize that like, no, actually it's like you're. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so it's, you're saying it's a, a great lot... show that everyone should model their lives after. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like a funny conceit, which I think the point that they're kind of trying to make is that, there's a lot of gay bashing that's inherently homoerotic and there's a lot of patriarchy that is inherently homoerotic. That's obviously repressed homoeroticism. And um, also hateful people generally lack self-awareness. Yes. 
And uh, when I listen to this now, um, most of the time when he's talking about people being gay, he's also talking about being sexually violent to them, either colloquially or sometimes like literally. Um, I mean, within the context of the song. Um, And yeah, I just think that like today when you hear this, it's like, okay, yeah, this is so clearly just like repressed um like homoerotic violence uh like that's part of the patriarchy and like you sound like a fool when you talk this way exactly yeah so all right uh what's the next song we should talk about um do you want to talk about drug ballad we c- not really i don't really remember uh, that one very well he he talks about how he's addicted to drugs oh and, cool uh, yeah um you know, I mean, we can only really talk about like one more, I think, before okay. I have to bounce. Oh, yeah, it's almost I think time. it's worth talking about Kim. Okay, we'll listen to Kim then. Yeah, to end on a downer. Cool. You think I give a fuck? Come on, we're going for a ride, bitch. No! Sit up front. We can't just leave Haley alone. What if she wakes up? We'll be right back. Well, I will. You'll be in the trunk, so. This is kind of a metal song. Like yeah, it's uh it's kind of a new metal. Yeah, it's like it's a little bit um like Linkin Park from around the time. Yes. Um Yeah. Yeah. So this is a murder ballad. Uh yep. and this is sort of a follow up to a Bonnie and Clyde ninety seven, is that what it was called? Yes. Uh um, ninety seven Bonnie and Clyde, but yeah. That's it, yeah. And uh but in this one, he's like kidnapping kim and he's murdered her husband and son or something like that uh Which, and the whole time go ahead i mean he he obliquely referenced that in 97 bonnie and clyde he right. said there was like two other things in his trunk in addition to kim's body um oh uh, yeah yeah so the inference the, the implication was that it was her new husband and stepson that's right yeah and then he apparently like he talks about in his book that he like showed this song to Kim and he, what does he say? I know this is a fucked up song, but it shows how much I care about you to even think about you this much to even put you in a song like this. Uh, (laughs) Wow. That's not classic abuser, uh, rhetorical flourish. No, not at all. (laughs) Holy fucking shit. So yeah, I think it's, I think that's really interesting that this song is on the same album as Stan. Um, I don't, I really don't know what to make of, of it. And like, I don't know why he's doing this. Um, this song, it, I think Misogyny? the way the song is put together is actually like a little bit better than 97 Bonnie and Clyde. And he does an interesting thing where he's basically screaming the whole time and it's set up like a, like theater, but it still kind of fits in the meter of rap, um, which is like kind of interesting, um, but it's extremely violent and upsetting and I'm not sure what purpose it serves. Um, and the, the, the quote unquote female voice in this, the part of Kim is once again, it's really annoying to hear men uh, do like impressions of women. Yes, I agree. Songs. Mm hmm. So I don't know if it necessarily has anything new to add. It's just like, didn't you already process this? Didn't, didn't you get this out of your system earlier? Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently that was not actually cathartic for you. No, he's got to commit more uh, fantasy violence. Yeah. So uh, I think if anything, this is like uh, condemning of the, you know, obviously this isn't working or like, this isn't solving anything. Right. Me. So, yeah, all right, I, I need to go. I think we should wrap up. Sorry to cut okay. this short. No, not at all. All right. Well, thanks it's for listening. Like I really wanted to talk about any of the rest of these songs. Yeah, not really. Overall, I would say there's some better rap than in the last one. Yes. Although it's probably more hateful than the last one. Yes. And it's too long. It's even longer than the last one. This one's 72 minutes long. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Too much, M. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, despite how much of a bummer this album is. Um, you can visit us online at boxset.website. You can email us at email at boxset.website uh, or go on our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Um, you can go ahead and write us a review on iTunes. That would be very good for us. Uh, I would like that very much. Um, you can go support us and help us keep making the show by going to support.boxset.website. Uh, as little as two bucks a month, which is almost nothing will get you access to all of our bonus content including a weekly mini show called what's in the box weekly what do we talk about this week cameron uh hbo's watchmen and the rise of skywalker Mm Hmm. no spoilers but one of them was good and one of them was not (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. tune in to find out tune in to find out which is which whoa teaser reviews you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool, which we described earlier. Aforementioned. Afor- that's the word. Hey, vocabulary, right? Um, and until next week, when we talk about the Eminem show, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Cameron Dewitt, and I'm a Stan Stan. <laughs> Stan Stan, thank you, ma'am. Stan Stan Revolution? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs>